Today's show is brought to you by Jubilee Hall Gym Common Garden. Need an effective workout using state-of-the-art equipment in the heart of London's West End? Then visit Jubilee Hall Gym on the corner of Covent Garden, where you can also check out the gym sauna, as well as a whole host of great fitness classes. Join the best gym in central London with memberships starting from just £14.98 a week. Find out more at jubileehallgym.co.uk or telephone 0207 836 4007 to work out at Jubilee Hall Gym. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Two Guys on Fitness podcast, which is all about fitness, training, diet, and living a healthy lifestyle, which usually comes from London. We usually record, me and my good friend Julian Berthrat, the personal trainer on the podcast, we usually record Two Guys on Fitness from the Jubilee Hall Gym or a similar location in central London. But this month we're doing something a little bit different, partly because I'm actually out of the country in Italy. So, hello Julian, you're still in London, how are things? Yeah, everything is fine. Uh, Actually, a couple of new clients coming up, uh, which is exciting. It's both exciting and also uh, a little cut of stress for me, of course, because in a nice stress, I mean, because you you want to to do to get to know new people and everybody is different, so you have to. There's um, a little amount of time that I need to get on with people in terms of training strategy, and the only way to do that is to well to start to do a couple of sessions, you know, and then you find. Uh, your rhythm and the right strategy for them so yeah it's all good it's a good stress we all need a stress in our life a little bit so yeah and how is italy the weather is okay the weather is beautiful we're in northern italy right now up near the slovenian border and to be completely honest with you uh, i'm eating a lot of very wonderful food and enjoying the sunshine and actually battling off a few mosquitoes to be brutally honest with you but i'll surely be back in london and we will be reunited once again on the podcast studio now um for regular listeners who perhaps listened to the last episode you'll be aware that we were doing some essential exercise i say we it's always julian who does the essential exercise i sort of watch him uh, do whatever he does and we did promise an interview this month on the podcast uh, and while i've been in italy julian has interviewed a bodybuilder about the bodybuilding lifestyle diet and training and we're going to listen to that interview in a minute and then we're going to have a little chat about what comes up in it so who did you interview julian um and how did the interview go well uh i interview um a bodybuilder that's right a personal trainer that's also right his name is ovi dumas it's been quite interesting because he had a lot to say and we we know that we always learn a lot from people from bodybuilding or for also the other top um, the other people who basically compete. Uh, we had few podcasts about it in the past, and uh, it's always um, you know a lot of um, uh, uh, details and uh, mentality, discipline. You know, it's very interesting, and everybody can learn from that. 
so it went quite I was listening all through and um, you know quite interesting as I say marvelous so let's have a listen to Julian and Ovi Dimars and then on the other side Julian and I will have a little chat about what they talk about when they have their conversation Hello everyone, so today it's an interview with Ovi Dumas and of course we need to know who is Ovi Dumas, so how are you and tell me, tell us more about you Ovi. First of all, good morning, uh, yeah my name is Ovi Dumas, um, I am a professional athlete, so I came from Italy, in UK I am already 10, uh, 7 years, something like that, and I am um, a personal trainer. Jubilee Covent Garden London, also White Chapel Masterworks, and also I'm a professional athlete, so, and I'm 40 years old. How do you get started? I mean, like, uh, did you practice a sport before or this kind of thing? When I was six years old, um, I started playing football until 24, and then um, I just walk on the street and I see someone um, looking amazing on the taxi station and um, I just go to him and ask him like, how do you get his body? And he's telling me simple, go to the gym. And in that moment, I just go to the gym. Obviously, when I started going to the gym, I was um, an amateur, like was a different world to me. Like I didn't know nothing about movements, technique, training, diet. And I look to the guys, they work hard and they push and they look big at that time. So I said myself, I have to take it slowly, slowly, step by step and learn things because um, if you want to succeed, uh, succeed, you need information. And then when you have the information, you can, you can like do a lot of things like you can explore we you can you can also uh, how do you say um extend yourself you can um, improve you can adapt and yeah you can you can progress with the information this is what you need and also you can make also money with the information yeah so you mentioned you saw that guy was super fit in the street before and or after uh, after that what was your inspiration like i mean did you have any an actor and a, a bodybuilder name or no, when i was yeah i have an actor i like a lot when i was small i was uh, um, silver test alone rambo you know everyone watched rambo that time you know it was muscly was good looking you know was strong and as a kid i like him i like his movies also arnold schwarzenegger also Jean-Claude Van Damme, yeah. you know, all these guys, they big inspiration at that time for us, like 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So, yeah, like... So when I listen to you, I'm thinking about, I did watch a documentary about Arnold Schwarzenegger and he did mention, like, he saw this actor playing Tarzan, you know, like, and he, he was his, like, uh, role model, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, I watch also the, the documentary on Netflix with Arnold, like, the story, it's amazing how he started, how he became famous, how he became a bodybuilder. And yeah, like when, uh, yeah, for me, the best model was Sylvester Stallone. You know, when it was Rambo 1, Rambo 2, Rambo 3, all these kind of stuff. And then he's playing in a lot of movies, like, and I always was fit in the movies and always was looking, you know, strong. And yeah, for me, it was the best at that time. Him, Schwarzenegger, 
um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, but f- f- the most for me, because also I like his voice when he plays in that movies, you know, the way how he talks, the way how, you know, act, uh, everything, so. So now getting a bit more specific, why, um, why bodybuilding and not um, another activity? Wow, that's a good question. Why bodybuilding? Hard question. Why bodybuilding? Okay. Why bodybuilding? Because you have to be very disciplined. You have to um, be very strong mentally and you have to work hard to get an amazing physique and uh, compete. And um, yeah, a lot of dedication, motivation. Uh, if, you, if you don't have those things, I don't think you, you belong there. Like I mean in bodybuilding, no fitness industry because they're two different things, fitness industry and bodybuilding. I like I like to work hard and um, I like to improve with my body and I like to look good on stage and um, I like to be the best I can be. So I choose bodybuilding. I I live I left for the football because I just saw that guy and I, I was thinking he is amazing. Like the way how he looks, of course he have over 20 years of working out in the gym. So. For me, bodybuilding was, um, and it is one of the hardest and, and and the most disciplined sport. So I choose bodybuilding just because I like to look good, not for ladies, because a lot of guys, they go to the gym and they work out for ladies. I just, because I want to be a professional athlete and I want to be the best I can be. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that true that give you, uh, it, it's, uh, I mean, it sounds like it give you a structure an ethic, life ethic, life structure, structure for life? Yeah, so, you know, you see a lot of guys, um, they start going to the gym and they see other guys, like bodybuilders competing and stuff like that. And then they want to compete as well. But I always said to achieve a good physique takes like um, maybe five to 10 years, like to build a good physique for stage which is takes a lot of commitment, hard work, dedication, discipline. I'm going to say this to people. In bodybuilding, if you don't have discipline and nutrition, you're not going to achieve your goals. You need to be very disciplined, and we, you have to be with nutrition really, really, really good if you want to compete. If you want to be healthy or if you want to be like, I don't know, if you want to just have an aesthetic physique, Yeah, you can eat healthy, you can treat yourself sometimes, but bodybuilding is different. It's a hard sport, so it's not easy. It's not for everyone. Um, the difference between someone being um, average and someone being different is like when people, you know, I, I'm going to say this. You see maybe a lot of people in the gym, they never change in two, three years. You see the same faces in the gym, they never change. There is a problem. When people start doing di- different things, then they're going to change. You know, you have to take it to the next level. This is in bodybuilding. Everyone starts competing for a show. You're not going to maybe win or you're not going to get first place. But the consistency, if you keep going, if you keep going, if you keep working hard, if you believe in yourself or if you, I don't know, if you commit and if you like dream a lot and you put your own dedication, you sacrifice a lot because in bodybuilding, when you start prep, like for me, when I start prep, I don't have social life. No social life. I have to be very strict with diet, no meal skipping, no training skipping, no cardio skipping. You have to recover really, really well. So it's a, 
it, now we, we can talk about like um, basically what is your training? I mean, what's how do you train basically, Ovi? Like uh, roughly, obviously, because I know it's uh, there's a lot to say here. But well, the training, oh, this is the most uh, good part. I train basic, like, you know, I like old school. I don't like the new version. I don't like the new school. I like old school, like years 80, 90, until 2000, 2005, when they were that era where the guys looks amazing and they put the work in and they work hard. Well, well, depends. When I'm off season, my training is like, I try to train heavy, but not that heavy because I'm no power lifter, I'm a bodybuilder. So I try to avoid injuries and I try to, uh, to don't, um, you know, don't injure myself. But now, for example, now in, off, in, in, in on prep, it's high volume and reps. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes high intensity. Uh, sometimes we do this kind of drop sets, supersets, you know. But most of my time, my training is like basic, like you know. How many times you train a week, for example, at the moment? Because I'm prepping now, maybe five times, sometimes six times, because I need two days off. Because you also have to recover. The most important part on this thing, um, when you're prepping, you have to recover. Uh, there are three things: nutrition. You have to be the diet has to be very strict and very clean. Uh, like for example, for me, everything is plain. I add only salt, not even like seasoning or stuff like that. And then training and then recovery because if you don't recover because you're weak when you prep you're low calories you're tired you're tired your body doesn't respond you you know in a good mood i try to avoid injury and thank you to god in 14 years i i don't think i have injuries i don't have not even one injury yeah that's quite impressive to not have injury in that sport because it's quite common you um so you say you train five six times a week how long is um, your training like an hour or more? Uh, it's basic, it's one hour and 15 minutes, one hour, 20 minutes, um, no more than that. Sometimes one hour and a half uh, with cardio. But yeah, basic is one, one hour, one hour, 15 minutes, one hour, 20 minutes, that's it. Without getting too specific, because there's so many um, uh, chapter in bodybuilding, but you, uh, you mentioned earlier on like uh, high volume uh, training. Can you explain? Uh, briefly what is high volume okay high volume training like it's heavy weights but remember not like a power lifter and reps and sets like for example let's say i did monday legs and i do like two sets of warm-up and then six sets just doing like maybe 40 reps with drop set like going super heavy on the leg extension and just going reps, 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 reps. This is high volume training, heavy as possible and reps. How many reps? Oh, I did like maybe 40 reps, 10 drop down, because I do a drop set, 10 drop down, then five seconds break, drop down again, five seconds break, drop down again, and then last set 10. And the drop set, it's uh, when you drop the weight and keep going, right? You keep going, yeah. So just basically you just change the weight, five seconds break and you go again. And you do like 40, 40, 45 reps and then one minute and 15 seconds break and you go again. So I do six sets, just an example for leg extension. If you want to like for quads, I recommend three exercises: leg extension, hack squat and squat. That's it. This is what I recommend. You want to build your good quads. 
So it leads me to the next question. Like, um, do you change a lot your exercise panel, let's say, or you or not so much? Um, not really. Um, basically, I change like so. If like for example, I'm six weeks out on Saturday from my next show in Italy. So um, last three weeks, I just. I keep the weight. I try to keep the weight high as much as possible, and then, um, but until three weeks out. And then after three weeks out, I just introduce like maybe one two exercise drop set, super set, giant set. That's all, nothing. But usually it's basic. With three weeks out, we just make small adjustments, small changes, and that's it. I keep it basic how it is. This is how bodybuilding is. So now another important chapter in bodybuilding. So your diet. Again, let's say let's talk about two sort of diets: the diet like um, when you are not competing, and the diet when oh. you are competing. Oh, so yeah. the, the first one, when you just like yeah. I would say normal yeah. diet, if I can say. Okay, um, I, I like so you had to question training. I like the the question and the diet. This is the hardest part. Where a lot of people when they hear this uh, word diet. They get blank. They stop. They like every, the world stops around them. Yeah, there are two types of diet for me. In off season, obviously, it's a lot more food, and we can have like maybe one or two cheat meal a week. You know, maybe sometimes three. Well, it depends how do you look, or it depends what your goal is for next year or for next show or for next season. But to me, um, basically, uh, when I'm off season, it's a lot more food and hard training because um, I look to improve every year. I look to um, grow and I look to be better than I was last year or this year. So off-season, it's a lot more food. It's not a strict diet. You can have like, you know, let's say if you have like a meal, let's say rice, chicken you can have some like tomato ketchup zero calories stuff like that you can have seasoning you can have you know you can have your cheat meal one a week or two times a week so on off season it's a lot more food and um, hard training uh, now you ask me about um when i'm not in off season um it's hard when you're prepping because the diet has to be very strict you don't have to skip meals you don't have to like go over let's say you have 200 grams of rice don't cheat if you go to 2.5 you're already cheating you have to be very strict with me it's very plain for, for example let's say i have in the morning like oats with whey isolate protein that's it and two eggs that's it and then the rest chicken rice chicken rice plain uh, and asparagus or broccoli or spinach fish sweet potatoes fish sweet potatoes and that's it like but plain nothing on it like only salt like pink sea salt that's it it's really hard because when i come close to the competition the calorie drop is going to drop down the food is going down so it's start getting even harder 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 than was like let's say six 16 weeks ago so the diet has to be very strict no meal skipping no like no adding more than uh, it's on the plan stay with the protocol like like how i said like don't go over if you have 200 200 grams of rice don't go to 10 don't go stay strict this is the discipline what you have to do which a lot of people they don't have that to be honest with you and um, i realized that now those days a lot of people they want to compete but when it comes to diet they just go for two weeks and they give up It's not for everyone, like I said. Not everyone can do this going in the dark zone, especially with three weeks out, four weeks out. I have a friend of mine, for example, he's four days out. He's only on 50 grams of oats every day for two weeks. 
imagine that being on 50 grams of only oats in the morning and the rest of the day five minutes protein that's it it's really hard that's that's why people um they cannot do that that's why i said all the time the difference someone being good and someone being great Everyone can be good, but how many of, of us can be great? Like, be, you know, when you see 10, 10, 9 people on stage and all look very good, they look amazing, and then it's coming the, the last one, which there are 10 person, and the last person, it looks great, like better than all night. That's the difference, you know. Also with the diet, the diet, you have to be very strict. You have to be very on point with everything. Not m missing meals, not skipping meals, not adding more calories, not adding less calories, not adding more protein or carbs or fats. Whatever your coach gives to you, you have to follow and follow your what coach gives to you because he knows. He knows he gives you this for a reason. What about your objective in the, for the future? Um, let's say on a two on two level, so business wise as a personal trainer and as a competitor. So what is your? How do you see your next uh, few months, few years? Uh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Because I'm also a personal trainer and a coach, bikini coach as well. Of course, I I like and I would like to improve and grow my business because this is why I'm doing full time job. Maybe like you probably because you're doing this also your personal trainer and. We work in the gym with people and the most hardest part working with people. Um, sometimes it's like so hard because you have to explain to them and some of them, they cannot um, complete what we tell them, but this is a different story. So my, yeah, I, I try to grow my business, improve um, as a coach, personal trainer. Also as an athlete, um, I try to reach my pro card, IBB Pro, and try to get off season growing, improving more. And then going for a pro show and one day you never know, maybe I can qualify for Olympia. So let's see. So yeah, yeah, that's, that will be um, a huge target for you to go to Olympia. That is going to be the, I think my dream life is going to be the highest level I can achieve. Like even it's hard to win a show like that, but just being there in, like in, for 60 physics, 40 physics in the world, it's amazing. So yeah, my objective is like grow my business as in my, with my job as a coach, personal trainer. And then just as an athlete, just improving, growing, bringing a pro physique on stage. And one day maybe we're going to reach the pro card and then just going there for a pro show and then let's see what's happening. Uh, just for people who are not into bodybuilding, Olympia is the biggest competition you can get into bodybuilding? Mr. Olympia, yeah, it's um, the federation is called IABB Pro. It's the biggest show in the world with the best athletes in the world and with the best sponsorship, with the best, like, you know, the, the best athletes in the world. Like, the level, it's insane, amazing. The level of those guys, the physics, they look incredible. Like, they look really, really good. I was talking to some of the, we did uh, some other interview with um, Bodybuilder. What, what is, and they talk about category. Do you have, what is your category? Uh, my category is classic physique. Um, I choose this category because I like old school. Um, I don't think I can be 212 or bodybuilding open because I'm five foot five and yeah, we need to put a lot of size. I stick with classic physique. Um, I think this class suits me so good. So for me, I, I like classic physique. Um, yeah, there are different classes like um, classic physique, main physique, uh, 212 bodybuilding and bodybuilding open, open. So for me, classic physique is the best class where I can compete in. So what is your advice for people to, to start as a bodybuilder? Also, we can add our, uh, your advice for people to start as a coach, maybe. 
okay, as for people who they want to start as a bodybuilder, work hard, dream a lot, stay focused, don't listen what other people say to you because people they are gonna like want to stop you when you're doing something good. People they're gonna be, never gonna be happy. Just yet, yeah, work hard, dream a lot be disciplined, stay consistent, like just go to the gym, don't listen to no one and just work. Work and be motivated. And you have to love what you do. If you don't love to do, if you don't put the passion, you're not gonna achieve your goals. And for people who they want to start as a coach, I remember when I started 14 years ago, first five years I was an amateur, I didn't know nothing about bodybuilding, then I do research. I start working with people who they have experienced 25 years in. Um, I advise them to be very knowledgeable because especially those days, coaches and personal trainers, they work with people. And when someone comes to you, that guy is coming to you for a reason because he trusts you and he maybe he wants to lose weight, maybe he wants to get fit, maybe he wants to get uh, aesthetic body. I recommend to those people who want to start personal training or coaches, just to be very knowledgeable because if you're not knowledgeable, you're not gonna achieve results with your clients, with your competitors or whatever it is. So first you have to be very knowledgeable. You have to have also a body because it's your CV as well. And you have to know about when you go in the gym, because theoretically everyone knows stuff, talking everyone. When you go in the gym practically, it's really hard because if someone asks you a movement or what that machine do, you have to know what everything does, that's for that person. So I recommend to be very knowledgeable and do a lot of research and learn. Every day you can learn. Knowing bodybuilding in real life, knowing like, you know, in the gym, outside the gym, you learn. So very knowledgeable. You have to be very good as a coach, personal trainer. So if you want to grow and if you want to be a successful uh, coach or personal trainer, or if you want to grow a business, yeah, you have to have knowledge in this sport. It's hard sport, but we can do it. I, I will add this because I am... Um I'm not from bodybuilding. What did you learn, I mean, about the business, about the fitness fitness, which is, let's say, a bit like um, wider than specifically bodybuilder, bodybuilding. Like, uh, what is your the personal training world? What, is it, what did you learn that shocked you or, uh, over the last 15 years? You know, um, those days, like I said, bodybuilding is different than fitness, and um, fitness is different than bodybuilding. Well, I, I learn. I learn a lot. Um, every day you can learn something from different people. Uh, even if less knowledgeable, less knowledgeable than you, or more knowledgeable than you, like you, you can learn. Like I learn. Like I learn. Let's say I learn like new movements. I see to someone doing something, and I try, and I just adjust something. And yeah, you can learn every day something from someone. So. And about people, what do you learn? Oh. Like the hardest part is to work with people. So um, remember, guys, um, it's not what do you want, it's what your client wants. And um, you have to please everyone and you have to be there for them and you have to support them. You have to answer every question because some of them people, they're new in the gym, they never use the machine. They never. Uh, some people, they don't know what a trade mint means and I have to tell them it's a running machine. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, you have to you you have to explain each details what client ask you like to make them understand what that does, what this does, why they are here, why you coming, why you pay some money uh, to change your physique. So yeah, you have to to explain in details everything for them. So 
where can people find you? So if you could give like your, your social media address and everything. Uh, people, they can find me on my Instagram, um, O uh, underscore New Mars. Also, I'm in London. I'm with you, Julian. Thank you for making this podcast amazing. Um, Jubilee Hall, London, Covent Garden, Whitechapel, Masterwork. So these three places you can find me. And uh, I saw with my bare eyes, like you, you train a lot of women. I'm specialized on this kind of bikini and women's, yeah, because um, I change over like in 14 years, 3,500 physiques. I have six champ bikini champions, um, girls. So um, yeah, uh, myself, I'm two times a British champion classic physique. So yeah, I specialize on this kind of bikini women's transformation. I have plenty of them like over the years. So I train also guys, the guys that are scared to train with me, they don't want to train with me because I kill them. But I train also guys, I have a couple of guys that's who they train with me. So, but most, most of them, they are women. So because um, I'm specialized on this kind of bikini stuff. So they like that. Yeah, I just want to say for my part, like, uh, because I did see you training, like you're hard worker for yourself, but you're also hard worker for your client. And it's it's not common. So, you know, sometimes there's a disparity. Bodybuilders tend to be in, incredible with the trend themselves. And then when they train their client, it's a different vibe, but you kind of match on both sides. So it's very respectable and, uh, and impressive. So thank you for your time, Ovi. And uh, yeah, definitely is... Uh, a great bodybuilder and also uh, passionate so which is uh, thank you so much um, I wait to do more of this kind of podcast I love them I like I like the, the idea and yeah for me I grow with this last 14 years I love what I do and my passion is in, I, I do a lot of sacrifice you know and um, yeah this is my life so yeah that's yeah. your life it, it's uh, it tells when uh, people see you so have, uh, thank you and uh, see you soon, Ovi. Thank you so much and have a lovely day. Thank you. See you soon. So that's Julian and Ovi Demars there talking all things bodybuilding, bodybuilding competitions and bodybuilding diets as well as training. So let me ask you a few questions uh, about what you guys were talking about there. Generally speaking... It sounds from what Ovi was saying that the bodybuilding lifestyle, particularly for those bodybuilders who treat it as a long-term vocation, if I can put it like that, is a pretty disciplined one in terms of training, diet, and how they live their lives generally. How hard is it for guys, particularly men, in that position? Well, I think it's um, the word coming out of uh, Obi uh, Mouse was one of them. His favorite was like discipline. I think he did use that uh, word a lot. It's a lot about discipline. It's um, how picky, maybe it's not the, the right word, but how uh, the diet, you know, the, when you were talking about nutrition, is really into details. And uh, you have to be precise with uh, the amount of food and type of food you want to eat and or you have to eat. And there's a structure of his training uh, from his own world can be repetitive. But yeah, you have to be strong on the basic. I have to say uh, on that, I'm 100% uh, with... Um, with uh, 
with Ovi, you know, you have to be strong in the basic and then we can add some variation here or there. But you can say the same thing in sport, you know, you have to be strong on the basic and then, you know, you can add stuff around. And uh, yeah, it is, um, it is not for anyone, as he say himself. And uh, you have to be aware of uh, before you start, I guess, like what it takes basically to have a bodybuilder uh, life, lifestyle. Now, Ovi talked about uh, timescales of being in the five to 10 years range to make serious progress on that kind of training. Just in principle, if you do want to make a substantial move, whether it's in sport or in bodybuilding, do you have to look at that kind of long-term time scale or can you see demonstrable results through training and good nutrition in a much shorter time period, do you think? No, I mean, like, I think it's about, right, you know, five to ten years. I will believe that because we're talking about changing your morphology, okay? So it's not something that happened over six months or or thing like that. It's you have to train a certain way for a few years and then to level up to another amount of weight and, you know, all that. And I think the body needs time to adjust because it's it's a heavy process, you know. We're not talking about burning a couple of kilos there for for your next wedding or something like that. It is a lifestyle, you know, so... And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think it was quite serious about that. And I will say, yeah, uh, bodybuilding is not like a matter of a couple of years, even so. I think it's... Uh, if you are into it, uh, you are on for the long way. So maybe five, 10, 15 years, depending on how old uh, you are when you start. But I believe it's the right uh, time scale, definitely. And what's more important if you want to make progress? Is it the training, the lifting the weights, or is it the diet? Well, I believe that from what I understood, the diet is everything, because if you don't eat the right thing, you basically undermine your progress on the gym floor. So makes sense. And it is, uh, it makes sense also for people who are not into bodybuilding, you know, like if you, if you can, if you keep going to the pub, smoking, having a poor lifestyle, going to the gym floor, is not going to help you to change your body. You know, it's a, it's a package things and the nutrition is, you know, big, big things, you know. And this, uh, the third element in that is the rest between training sessions. I've been doing a little bit of research on this myself, you may be pleased to hear. And uh, I'm a little bit confused as to how much rest people should be taking between workouts, particularly if they're lifting heavy weights. Some of the advice says 48 hours, some of it says 24 hours. And Ovi was talking at one point, I think I'm right in saying of, exercising five to six times a week. So how much rest should people take if they're lifting weights and they want to grow? Well, I think it comes down to uh, what else is in your life. I mean, if you have a job, kids, uh, you have to build this routine around, you know. So I would say if you got like fairly, let's say like over your coach and you got your, your client, I can imagine you can build a routine around that, like you can train five uh, times a week. I think sometimes you say that six times a week. So I guess it's possible. 
I'm just saying, uh, I don't know, for myself at my level, I will say like, if I do a big, big session, um, I can go on the day after. It's all about the sleep. If I've got my seven, eight, nine hours sleep, let's say eight hours, I can go on uh, the day after. If you have a good quality sleep, well, I think it's possible to go on. Obviously, a different body part, but I think it's possible. So, to answer the question, I think from my understanding, I will say 24 hours, 48 hours is enough to recover and to go on, to go on again. And just on that subject of how normal a life you can lead, it, it's a very focused lifestyle. When you train hard, whether it's bodybuilding or you're training for a sporting competition, how much of a normal life can you lead? Um, well, I mean, here I'm going to talk about my sport, rugby. So I remember this article about uh, Dan Carter, which is the former fly half of the All Blacks, one of the greatest players ever. And he, he was playing for Paris rugby team um, back then, two years ago. And um, he was explaining his day, basically a typical day, which starts early in the morning, where basically they go on either on a gym floor or on a rugby pitch, working uh, skill. And then he go on uh, after the training uh, on the breakfast. And then you got another, so either a rugby or a weightlifting session uh, early afternoon. And basically by 3, 4 p.m., I would say, they are done. They are days done and back to it the day after early morning. Uh, and then you got the you know the rugby match um, the weekend or whenever uh, the weekend is generally. So I will say their life is like between six to four, and uh, and then it's time off. You know, so you got four p.m. to six a.m. the day after to recover. But they are sport professional. Sport professional means it's all your life is about that. The thing with when you train heavy on the gym, you need to make sure you don't have too much things around to juggle uh, with because it's uh, you need your sleep, you need your mental health, um, you know, you need to take care of that. And so, yeah, it is, uh, you have to do these things carefully. Indeed. Um, I've got a technical question I want to ask about um, something that Ovi was talking about, which is uh, drop sets. What's your opinion of drop sets and high volume training, as you guys discussed? And do you use those techniques when you train? Well, I mean, to be fair, it's quite very well explained on Ovi's social media. I will back uh, I will uh, recommend that to uh, anyone who wants to know more about it a drop set but you understand the concepts I guess it's better if you are two people because one is around to take the weight of the bar you know when you don't have to move and just wait and lift again and uh, high volume uh, yeah again uh, it's better to be two because one of the guy need to push the other one it's quite, it's mentally uh, brutal, you know. And I saw a lot of video on his social media. It's uh, very well explained, very well documented. And um, yeah, it is tough, you know, really tough. So you have to be ready mentally, physically, but mentally to do that, you know. 
and my, my opinion about it is while it's not my the training I'm doing uh, I don't do drop set a lot I do it sometimes but very like every three months something like that and I volume it was talking about 50 reps for example sometime I don't I will go up to 15 maximum and finally uh, I just want to ask uh, this question obviously Ovi was talking about competing as a bodybuilder and talking about having an off-season and an on-season and the disciplines around those. So do you have an off-season and an on-season, Julian? Well, I tend to not have basically an off-season at all. I train reasonably uh, lightly compared to <laughs> to Ovi. I, uh, my... Um, my target is to remain fit all over the year. I uh, try to increase the weight here or there, and I've got like generally end of you know this time of the year when Christmas is coming up. I know I'm gonna have uh, ten days off. I can push myself more. Uh, the same before holiday, you know, I tend to 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 push myself more. I try to, once I reach another sort of level in terms of race, my, all my mental, my idea is to maintain this new level of weight and then later on to build up again. So, um, yeah, I don't try to have an off-season because getting older, it's too hard to have an off-season and to get back on season. Even if people think like, oh, yeah, you, you know how to, you knew how to do it before, so you can go back into it. But the body doesn't like that, and um, so when you get older, you learn that uh, the the mantra is to keep going and to try to push harder. Really, that's all. Fair enough. And if you want to find out more about Ovi Demars, we'll drop his. Uh, socials his contact information in the show notes for this episode uh, and i'm sure he would be delighted to hear from you yeah i uh, just add like again his social media are very well uh, documented a lot of video there's a lot of things to watch so yeah definitely if you want to know more about this type of training you can go on and uh, yeah it's uh, quite appealing so our very own Alan Teresa has recently published his first novel, Adventures About to Begin. It's a family saga from the 1970s and it is funny, dramatic and moving. Check it out on Amazon from all good bookshops and in ebook and find out more on alanteresa.com. So everyone from the podcast, as regular listeners uh, are more than aware, Julian and I take a couple of questions or comments that come into us via our website, twoguysonfitness.com, or via his website, julienbertora.com, or through our socials, our Instagram, our Facebook, and our Twitter. And you can find the information on those socials on our website. And we do our very best to answer the questions or the comments that come in to us. 
So, first up this month, I do believe it's you, Julian, and all the way there in London, what is the first question this month on the podcast? So, first up this month, we have a question that has come into our website from Troy as follow. Julian, as someone who is fanatical about physical fitness, I'm curious about your thought on effective muscle building strategy for guys who are in their 30 and beyond. What are some key exercise and nutritional tips you recommend for maintaining muscle mass and overall fitness as we age? And Julian is indeed fanatical about uh, physical fitness and about delicious food. So Julian, what is your advice here for Troy? Uh, Troy, what a fantastic name. And uh, how can guys who are in their 30s and moving into their 40s continue to be strong and build their muscle? Well, it's a lot to say here. Yeah, thank you for your question, Troy. Um, just one little statement. Um, you called me a fanatical about fitness uh, physical fitness it's not really true i mean i'm first of all I'm a, i'm a sport guy so i like training that's true this is true uh but i'm not maniac uh, about it too much i uh, i tend to be efficient okay that's the point and so when it comes to muscle building strategy Um, I saw some good uh, article on the, on the web and a uh, few return my attention. For example, like you know when you you should have uh, you should have in your uh, menu, let's say uh, training exercise, uh, four or five exercise per big group muscle. You know, for example, let's take the chest. Uh, it's quite easy this one incline press chest press and you got like a fly and a crossover so pick fly and then a crossover cable is you can repeatedly uh, do this kind of exercise and after it's just a question of uh, putting more plates doing more reps uh, that's it it's um, it's not that simple but it could be that simple Uh, it's motivational consistency uh, you want to match that with the right um, diet which is mainly keep eating uh, dominantly protein during every meal you have just massive protein uh, amount and a lot of fiber okay and uh, yeah it's uh, I found like over the last uh, few years of the past decade It's very important to be strong on the basic. So uh, the basic are the fundamental exercise, let's say, that you have to for each body part, like chest press, squat, pull-ups, you know, all this. Just do it all over again consistently. And whenever you can, increase, be uh, crave for pushing more because it's just a mentality, you know, it's literally a mentality. Uh, you always want a bit more. And um, yeah, that, it's, it's, that's my advice. And uh, I will say, especially when you get in mid-30s, starting 40, you, 
in a physical activity you start to be uh, you know you don't see rugby player above 40 years old so you see what I mean it's a you're sort of behind people think like physically this is it um, you are on a descending uh, curve and it's not a curve it's not it's just um, it's a mentality it's when you reach 40 50 60 just keep it up you know I remember a client uh, celebrating his 70 this year I, w- I remember very well I said to him happy birthday and let's add one more plate basically that was that was it you know so uh, yeah it is what it is keep moving on and forward indeed and uh, it is what it is Troy unfortunately and since you have no choice but to move on uh, I suggest uh, you do so So, uh, next up, we have a question that does not have a name attached. A mystery questioner. I love it when we uh, have these kind of questions. And it has come to us also through the two guys on Fitness website as follows. Hi, two guys. I've been trying to find a balance between cardio and strength training in my fitness plan. How can women design a workout that helps with fat loss while also promoting muscle tone and strength? Are there any specific exercises or dietary considerations you would suggest? I'm a happy mum of two terrors in Birmingham and I am 28. And that's the question. So I'm taking it from that that we are dealing with a woman. Uh, it's a very woman-focused question. So how can this nameless uh, questioner here uh, design a workout that helps with both fat loss and promoting muscle tone and strength? Julian Berthera, personal trainer. Well, um, legs workout are the one that burn the most calorie. So I would say if you don't have any specific injury on your lower part, uh, you you should train uh, every two day your lower part. It's always um, uh, a good uh, burner session at the end. So just to the fat loss, I mean, Just to be clear for everyone, it's just like to lose weight, the best way to do that is to diet. In another way, it means like to watch out what you're eating. There is four types of food you do not want at home. Uh, Food process um, is a big one. So it is like harm, stuff like that. It's hard because we tend to think like, oh, it's okay. It's it's nice, you know, a salad with some ham and bacon or something like that. So no uh, food processed at home. The other one is the soda. It's not my issue at all, but I know for some people uh, it might be so, but no soda, no crepes and no sweeties and any sort. These four things should not be at home. And do it, to do that, if you do that, it's already a big, big move forward in terms of losing weight. How many times I hear people saying, I lost 10 kilo, and when you ask them, what have you done, training, whatever, not at all, I stopped drinking alcohol, for example. It's small change that matter, but consistency made with, you know. So it's not about preparing Christmas or uh, an holiday. It's do not 
are this sort of food at home. That's, you know, it's very important. And then when you come to training, that's the part like you're going to use if you want to muscle tone and strength. Um, I will proceed um, with like three, three sessions a week, um, upper and lower every single time and start your session with a cardio aerobic uh, five minutes. It could be a bit of bike, running, rowing, to set uh, your brain up uh, for training, physical activity. It sounds very repetitive and maybe boring for some people, but it's crucial to put your brain on the, you know, into it. You know, it's not a natural thing to do, to go on the gym floor and to train right away. You need a warm-up. So, uh, yeah, and consistently uh, using the right form, a free set of 10 for the exercise, short break, like always on the move, not, not like crossfit, but always on the move, keep your mind challenged. Um, so, and also write down your weight at the beginning, I would say, and try to lift. Uh, after three, four weeks, try to lift a bit more and on and on. And after you have to maintain and to find a pleasure into all this, because if uh, the way you diet or the way you train make you bored or tired, uh, you won't, it, it won't be sustainable. So you have to find the right pace, the right uh, sort of diet. And uh, this is important. And, uh, and don't forget, you got two, as you said, terror at home. So you have to be careful with your sleep as well, because I'm sure it's not easy. So, Just to go back to the diet for a second, um, isn't it also about, I understand what you're saying about if you don't buy processed food or whatever, you can't eat it. If it's not in the house, you can't eat it. Um, but isn't it also a case you can eat those kind of foods or drink those kind of drinks as long as it's not every day as a routine? And I say that partly because I was with some friends at a torteria in Slovenia uh, two days ago and we were eating delicious ham and sausages <laughs> and drinking some rather fantastic red wine. Uh, but that's not something I would do every day of the week uh, or indeed even once or twice a week. So it's about regularity, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are not here to patronize people, don't do this, don't do that. It's not that. It's just uh, when you are in a beautiful country like Italy, and uh, of course they got like amazing ham, and you know, so it will be almost insulting to not taste it, you know? Um, and yeah, it's just like, uh, also it's, um, it's a way to remove bad habit, but step one step at a time. So for example, like I would say the easy one to remove uh, is a soda. Okay, no soda at home. And then progressively try to remove the other. Uh, yeah, or maybe five, six days a week, and then you allow yourself a day where you can have maybe uh, a delicious ham or stuff like that. But yeah, it's about consistency. The body uh, will respond to that, to the consistency. When you come to training, 
when you at 28 um, you are still young um, but yeah as I was saying previously with the uh, other questioner it's um, when you reach this 30 14 um, it's about really uh, being consistent and actually training more is unfortunately the key now you don't have to train five times on the gym floor but every day to have a, an activity of half an hour it's been uh, a strong recommendation from uh, the NHS and I and I think it's um, it's um, as I say unfortunately or fortunately um, true so yeah consistency so I hope that's useful to you a uh, questioner with no name mysterious questioner and remember everybody if you do want to get in touch with any questions or comments about the podcast feel free to do so through our socials through our websites because we love it when people get in touch so that's another episode of the podcast done and dusted as we look forward and i can't believe i'm saying this but as we look forward to november and december and the inevitability of christmas on the other side it's a very bizarre thing to think about but it is a reality and we'd just like to thank ov demars for taking the time to sit down with julian and discuss his passion for bodybuilding it was great to hear from you ov and we really appreciate it and next month we'll be reunited julian and myself back in london and we will be doing another exercise episode of the podcast are you looking forward to doing another exercise episode julian i am always and uh, i i like the process i like since we start the, this podcast together it's uh, a pleasure to record to interview people to listen to questions from people from uk and all over the world sometime and it's um, yeah it's my pleasure and it's uh, my job too to talk about fitness and then that's true that's uh, we are getting close to this end of the year and um, i do like this end of year vibe as much as holiday time so for me it's all good and uh, i'm looking forward to end up uh, this year properly as am i so thank you everybody for taking the time to listen to the podcast thank you to ov once again and whatever you're doing enjoy your workout Thank mm-hmm. you.